Hey Passionate DJs, David here and just wanted to give you a couple of quick announcements before the intro starts playing. Now first, the Passionate DJ podcast will be off for the month of August, so we'll have today's episode and then next week's episode, and then we'll just be taking like a little four-week summer break. Now we'll still be recording and posting videos to our YouTube channel and stuff like that in the meantime, so don't go anywhere, and uh, we've already got some great shows planned for you once the podcast returns in September. Now, the one exception is that we'll still produce an episode of our monthly bonus show, which is called After Party for our patrons, and that's announcement number two. Now, by visiting patreon.com forward slash passionate DJ and signing up to support the show, you can help us continue to work as content creators and bring you more of what you love. Now, we're still shy of our summer goal, and we need a few more people who are willing to step up and make a monthly pledge to the show, however small. Now, a few of you have asked why we sort of focus on the number of patrons rather than the amount of money and uh, or whether it would help for people to up their pledge. And the answer is, of course, you know, any amount of money that you're willing to contribute is appreciated. But the reason that we focus on the amount of supporters is because it gives us a solid foundation. For instance, if one extremely generous person decides to donate $500 a month, that would certainly go a long way, but that person can't be expected to contribute at that high of a level forever. And when that person decides to remove their support due to changes in their life, it significantly impacts the way that we have to think about our show. But instead, if we have 50 people contributing $10 each or 100 people contributing 5 it removes a lot of the pressure from everyone involved and makes for a much more stable relationship. That's why we stress that no level of support's too small. Some people have signed up to contribute $1 a month, and yes, it truly helps. Thank you so much if you've already become a patron. Once again, that URL is patreon.com slash passionate DJ. Now, the third announcement is that we're offering a 15% off discount on all Passionate DJ merch from now through the end of our August break. So you just use the coupon code AUGUST. Uh, if you're a Passionate DJ super fan and you'd like to rock one of our logos on a t-shirt or a hoodie or something like that, now would be a great time to go ahead and make that order. Or maybe you're interested in one of our custom designs. You know, we've got the uh, Deep Houses for Lovers t-shirt or the Coexist logo to show unity within the DJ community. So once again, from right now through the end of August, you can get a 15% off discount, all merch, by using the coupon code AUGUST at PassionateDJ.com merch. What's up, everybody, and welcome to the Passionate DJ Podcast. I'm your host, David Michael, and I'm hanging out with the Mighty Modingo. What up, y'all? Hey, hey. How you doing today, man? You came over and braved the weather. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this won't stop raining yeah, today. Yeah, we're getting these crazy summer storms. 
Um, unfortunately, you know, it looks like it's going to be raining all weekend and I'm helping with another fundraiser tomorrow <laughs> and it's an outdoor event. It's to help raise money for firefighters, like injured firefighters oh, yeah, and firefighters yeah. who've uh, lost their lives. We, uh, donate money to them and they do a firefighter combat challenge. So like they'll go out and they'll drag hoses and, you know, hit tires with okay, hammers yeah. and drag mannequins and all that good stuff. You know, it's a big event that, uh, Tony actually connected me with, uh, hunks and ladders. They make the calendar that you've probably seen, you know, in bookstores and at the kiosk at the mall. And now we might have to do a rain delay or something because <laughs> it's supposed to be pretty horrible tomorrow, but well, the timing of this, at least of the, the timing of the schedule, is is pretty convenient because we're talking about mobile DJing today. Yes, we are. And so, describe that event a little bit as far as how you have to approach it as a mobile DJ. Like, how how does the, is it you play whatever you want? Is mm-hmm. it you have a specific time slot? Is it event driven? What's what's the deal? Well, for this, uh, it's in line with all the fitness stuff that I do. Okay. And but it's also a little bit more of fan engagement type stuff. So kind of, you think of like cheerleading slash fitness. Okay. So like, you know, I'll let the individual firefighters pick whatever song they want to, they want to hear while they're, you know, while they're competing in their particular heat. Okay. And, but in the, in between that, you know, I'm just trying to play stuff to be just noise in the background. Okay. So it's going to be all top 40 pop Spotify. Okay. You know, my my fashion shows have been very similar. The, uh, playlist that my daughter turned me on to recently is um songs girls scream to oh is that on spotify Spotify. (laughs) yeah and and i found that to be quite useful so (laughs) all right so what we're the way we're kind of approaching this today is we're going to talk about the do's and don'ts of mobile djing and since uh mr modingo is much more experienced in this area than i am you're kind of running point on this so i'm just every one of us has done mobile djing to a certain extent but i think of late, I'm the mobile. You're currently active in that <laughs> yeah, space. Yeah, that, yeah. And I mean, overall, you've definitely done it more times than I have. Okay. So, um, yeah, I, I defer to your uh, knowledge here. And so. And, and yeah, so today's episode, kind of we're talking from the aspect of, you know, you've been DJing at home, you know, maybe a couple house parties, or whatever. And now you want to decide to uh, turn this into a paying gig. Okay. So you're kind of making that turning point where you're trying to get legit, like, You've already gotten your your business license. You got your insurance, all that good stuff. You, you're doing some advertising. Okay, so uh, we're not going to get super technical no, today not in today. that aspect. Okay. Uh, I, I think we want to do that later. We're kind of looking to line up some actual real experts in certain yeah. fields so that way we give you guys really good information. But today is just more about things that I have would tell someone if they were coming to me for some advice on, hey, I, you know, I'm, I'm all ready. I got all my kit. You know, I want to be a mobile DJ. So you got some some action tips and some sort of um, uh, practices, yeah, best practices to mm-hmm. okay to pursue this. So, um, are we starting with do's or don'ts? Are let's we... uh, let's start with do's. Do, starting off with the positive is always okay. good. So, what's your first do as as a mobile yeah. DJ? Now, again, these aren't in any particular order. Uh, Dave and I were just chatting and just firing stuff back and forth. So, again. Don't take, don't put these in numerical order and say, well, I have to do this first. Uh, these are just uh, general tips. So the first one that we wrote down was do know your music. And okay. yeah, you've heard me talk one. about this before. Just because a track says it's clean doesn't mean it's clean <laughs> because everybody knows what means, you know, right. or just because they've taken out the profanity doesn't mean that the innuendo or content isn't still the same, you know, because if you take Akinelli, put it in your mouth. You know, 
<laughs> it's gonna sound it's gonna right, sound the right. same whether it's clean or dirty. Yeah. So, what about uh, outside of lyrical content? I mean, just the idea of knowing your music structurally, because as a mobile DJ, you have a different challenge that I do, and where I intentionally play stuff that is meant to be DJ friendly and is mm-hmm. easy to mix. Whereas that might not always be the case with you. If somebody requests a particular song, they're mm-hmm. not going to say, "Please play the DJ friendly twelve inch mix." Yeah, if that even exists. So. <laughs> Yeah. In 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 C minor. <laughs> yeah, I, I assume that that is a little more critical to a to a mobile DJ. It's it, it can and it can't be, but I don't, in my opinion, it's not something you should make um, a very critical point because okay. if you do that, you're going to wind up getting frustrated, and that's one thing you don't want to do is get frustrated. And that's one of the points we have down the down the road here. Yeah, and I guess you don't want to limit yourself. No. Because musically when you're a mobile DJ. Yeah. And and when I'm saying mobile, I'm talking like corporate events, uh fashion oh, yeah. shows, weddings, uh, dances. I'm not talking like a festival or anything. So I'm I'm talking merely uh quote unquote non artistic DJing. Yeah, you're so <laughs> DJing you're, as a service. DJing as a service. As, as we've put it before. Wedding DJ is the most obvious uh, yeah, example, but where we cover a lot of different, you know, mm-hmm. like you said, fashion shows, uh, anything, fashion shows, different kind of mobile gig, mm-hmm. um, where like kind of what you were describing for your gig yeah. tomorrow, yeah. Um, it's, you know, not necessarily going to be taking requests like you might at the bar gig mm-hmm. or, or whatever. So uh, we're trying to cover all mobile DJ ground, but it, yeah, thank you for bringing that up because yep. it, it could be confusing as, as to what that means. Yeah. Uh, mobile DJing could also mean DJing on an iPad. So let's, let's yeah. be clear. <laughs> <laughs> also falling under that, know your music, uh, part is, uh, the appropriateness of the music. Again, going with the mm-hmm. lyrical content, um, the story behind the, uh, the song, you know, if it's, you know, you know, something that's really benign is cake by the ocean. Mm. But that's not about eating cake by the ocean, you know. <laughs> and we actually had a voicemail a couple of days ago oh. where a guy told us about a bad gig story. He, he just found us a few months ago. So he said he's about six months behind, but he's binge listening to us. And he said that he got hired to play a 10-year high school reunion gig. You know, so he was playing your obligatory... 70s 80s funk let's just let's just drop that voicemail right here we'll just go ahead and play that now hey what's up guys really enjoying the podcast i'm about a year and a half behind so i've been binge listening and uh i was listening to the halloween uh episode and you're mentioning rockwell somebody's watching me uh patiently waiting for you guys to mention that rockwell is uh uh Barry Gordy's son, and he's a half-brother of Red Foo from uh, LMFAO, and his nephew Sky Blue. Um, also, I got a real bad DJ story for you. Uh, I DJed a 10-year high school reunion uh, for a high school outside of Buffalo, New York, uh, back in 1996, and everything was going well. Went to the prerequisite disco set and, uh, you know, disco funk set, but you dropped a bomb on me by the Gap Band, and the place cleared out. I uh, don't know what happened. People started grabbing their stuff and leaving, uh, giving me dirty looks. Um, someone walked over with a glass of whiskey with a big smile on their face and said, hey, you might want this. Um, I asked them what the hell happened. They mentioned that this was uh, Timothy McVeigh's graduating class, and I had just played You Dropped a Bomb on Me a year after he blew up the federal building. 
Needless to say, that was the end of the party, uh, and you know, probably the last private gig I ever did. Just stuck with bars after that. Uh, that's it for me. Uh, all right, good talk. Really enjoying the podcast. Hey, Trip, this one's for you. Woo! <laughs> wow. So, first of all, um, mm. I love the uh, Trip Turlington air horns. <laughs> He's not here today, but he we played it for him, and he was like, "Ah!" <laughs> he thought it was pretty funny. Yeah, but, uh, but that whole situation. Yeah, ouch. Yeah, I mean, that's. I don't know that there's that's any a nightmare way to, scenario. Yeah, right? that's a that's an absolutely worst case scenario. Yeah. Thank you for sharing that with us. By the way, um, that that had to be rough. Yeah. Um, In the I, moment, and even retelling that story. Yeah. So yeah. Thank you for sharing. There was also, this takes it out of the realm of of mobile DJing, but if I could embellish just a little bit, there was a a story that went out lately from Solomon. Did you see that? No, I didn't. Uh, He ended up playing. It was was just like uh, what I talked about on the... um, the show a couple weeks ago where he accidentally played some like uh, Muslim prayer or oh, something as, yeah, 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 as yeah. part of a track. Yeah. And he was like, well, I didn't mean, I'm sorry. Yeah. I didn't mean to offend anyone. And so he had to and do the a club bunch got of, shut down. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I don't think that one got shut down, but okay. he, he had like a PR situation on his hands. Yeah. I'm like, man, that's, that's terrifying that, sucks, that you yeah. could <laughs> do that on accident. Yeah. So, you know, I don't, I don't think the high school prom thing could have really been avoided. Cause why would you ask a question? I mean, one of the things I do with wedding gigs specifically is I it, not only do I ask them what songs do they want to hear, more in particular, I'm concerned about what songs don't they want to hear because mm-hmm. they might have a track that reminds them of an old boyfriend or a girlfriend or gotcha. a situation like we talked about in the prom. Might that have come about? I don't know. But it, it, I, I think it's a good question to ask, and I've learned a lot from it. I've never even question. thought of that like approaching it that way because i obviously i haven't done a lot of weddings but mm-hmm. when i've been in scenarios like that i'll i'll ask what they are interested in hearing i never thought about approaching it from the what what should i not play mm-hmm. that might actually be a better way to do that and yeah i picked up that practice from a uh, mentor of mine koopa james uh well he's not necessarily out of boston anymore he's bi-coastal guys back and forth he's a media juggernaut so yeah if you want to learn about how to the art of hustle check him out uh Koopa James on Instagram, Facebook, all that good stuff. So let's go into things you don't want to worry about. And don't worry about the size of your library. Of all the gigs I've done since I've started this as a legit business, I've always had either Wi-Fi or cell signal at each location, which means I had the ability to download music. To try and prepare for every possible request is a futile task. Mm-hmm. You're just not going to do it. Uh, you can prepare yourself by having some staples, like when it comes to if you're doing a Christmas gig, you know, or a Halloween gig, or weddings. You know, there's certain things that people are going to want to hear: line dances. Um, it takes two. You know, <laughs> just like those things that just kind of you know people want to hear. So are, you're not saying. You're not saying that it's, um, don't worry about having 60,000 songs. Yeah. You're, yeah. You're saying don't worry about having four terabytes at all times. Yeah. So exactly. that you can cover every, 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 every scenario. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Okay. Cause if you try and cover every scenario, you're just going to, you're going to pull your hair out. You're going to yeah. spend money on music that you're never going to play. Okay. Cause I started, I start off like that early on and I have tons of songs that I've never played that I, well, mm-hmm. I think someone might want to hear this song. 
and then it goes completely. So what are the, some of the ones that you wouldn't be found without? Um, for a wedding, uh, all your line dances. Yeah, um, <laughs> that makes sense. Um, things like, you know, isn't she lovely? Mm. You know, some older 70s stuff because most weddings, uh, at most weddings they're going to have parents, grandparents, mm. aunts, uncles. And that's something else I ask when I interview the clients is like, what is, you know, tell me who's going to be there. Is it, you know, is it going to be a bunch of people this age, that age, you know, grandma Molly who asked me to play the electric slide twice. <laughs> and you know, if there's kids there, but a lot of them are really good about, okay, we, you know, these people are going to be here until this time, but after this time, go ahead and go crazy, you know, start playing the unedited versions. Cause the last wedding I did, they specifically said, you know, right, right around, nine o'clock is when it's going to turn into full on party mode okay. and we want to just get buck wild. And I was like, all right, but I'm waiting for the thumbs up. Cause you know, I'm not going to just, I don't be that guy. Yeah. Nine o'clock. All right, here it goes. <laughs> so how do you, how do you, uh, counter against that anxiety that a lot of mobile DJs probably feel about, well, what if I, what if I'm not prepared? What if I don't have the music that's required? I think the best way you can prevent that from happening is having, routine conversations with, in the case of a wedding, the couple. Um, I try not to go more than two weeks without communicating with them in some way, shape or form, whether it be an email, a text. Um, of late, I've been sending them like video clips, which I think they really appreciate, especially if I need something from them. Oh, like, so um, rather than a text, you'll like make it a little more personal yeah. and send them a clip. So like the last couple, uh, they were out of state, but they were getting married here because they were from here. And I, if you've listened to me talk before, I always give them homework. You know, I say, Hey, I need a playlist of only this many songs. So that way it makes them think more critically mm. about the songs that they pick. Give me a mixtape. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and they had kind of forgot or something. So I was like, Hey guys, you know, all right, we're a month out. I'm still waiting for my, my playlist. You know, I love you guys, but you're killing me. You know, <laughs> <laughs> so please, if you could get me to this by Sunday, you know, love you guys. I'm out, you know, quick 15 second little thing. They can see my face. They can see my facial expressions, you know, and see, that's great because you're, you're demonstrating your value to them as a DJ. Mm -hmm. Like, here's why you're hiring me rather mm -hmm. than you setting an iTunes playlist or mm -hmm. something, uh, because I'm making sure that you've, Hey, have you thought about this? Mm -hmm. Have you thought about exactly what the music needs to be? Have you thought about how you want it to be played and, and the, the cadence and how you want the energy to build over mm -hmm. the night? And you being a professional in that scenario, you can make sure all those things are covered. Yeah. And by making it very personal and just putting it, you know, saying, stating it very simply, not mm -hmm. getting too technical. No. Hey, give me, you know, just a, a list of blah, blah, blah songs. And hey, it'd be great to catch up with you. And and putting that face to it not only shows your value, but it, it gives them that personality to attach yeah. to. And of which what they're will, paying for. Right, yeah. which which will make them happier with you and will make them more likely to refer you to other people because they had a positive experience with you as a person. Yeah, and not only that, I feel that when the day of finally comes around, they feel like they know me. Yeah. Because yeah. they've heard my voice, they've seen my face. You're not a stranger. I'm not a stranger at that point. I'm not someone who's just strictly communicating through text or email. That's awesome. So, you know, you get a little bit of organic feel and... Just if you guys haven't heard me talk about it before, I usually like to have a face to face meeting from the beginning before we even sign a contract. And then from there, um, sorry about that. <laughs> and then, and then from there, just trying to be, uh, really organic, you know, face to face interactions as often as possible. And I, me, it, does it cost me a little bit of time and extra money? Yeah, probably. But, you know, I like to show up the day before and talk to them and, you know, see their rehearsal. I don't like to be caught off guard. Yeah. Uh, it's just, it, 
it's just the the value added that I bring uh, to the event, which trip is so, something that he's always very adamant about. Uh, you have another do for us? Yes. Have a contract. Ah, yeah. Yes. <laughs> Practice safe sets. Yes. Always use a contract. Practice safe sets. Yeah. <laughs> uh, that way it clearly identifies what services you are providing. And so that way they have certain expectations because early on I used contracts, but I didn't have the verbiage wasn't as good as it could have been. Mm. And I showed up a couple of times like, okay, well we need you to do this and we need you to do that. And I'm like, Whoa, I'm not prepared to do this or that. And as a provider of service, I had to find some way to make it happen because otherwise it looks like, well, he wasn't able to do this. Well, I wasn't yeah. able to do this because you told me 30 minutes before that this is what you needed. The less you can tell a client no, the better than in that case. Exactly. And again, you know, I've already got their money. I'm already at their event. And if I'm saying no to them at that point, then, oh, well, he sucked. He was horrible. He was unprofessional. He was unprepared. Yeah. Because they're not going to say, well, well, maybe I should have told him a week before <laughs> that I needed right. three mics instead of two mics. Uh, it's just what kind of DJ doesn't carry three mics yeah, or whatever. What kind yeah. of mic, what kind of DJ carries more than one mic? You know? <laughs> yeah. That makes a lot of sense. Um, can, can we address this for a second? Because we've, we've had this talk once or twice on the show, but mm. there's a little bit of, I don't want to say controversy, but you know, do, let me put it this way. Do you insist on a contract for every gig? Because I, I don't, but I also am not running a mobile DJ business, so mm -hmm. it's not as critical for me. So is there a line for you or do you insist or how do you approach that? If it is a paid gig, I use a contract. Okay. But if it is something I'm doing for benefit or, you know, some nonprofit, I don't utilize a contract. Okay. Cause you're, so you're not operating as a businessman in that sense. You're, you're donating, donating services. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and I'm still able to write off the mileage and, and my costs, but as far as like, I can't say, well, I gave them this many thousands of dollars worth of services over the entire year. I, I can't reclaim that. Mm. But where I see the benefit that in that is the reputation capital that I'm creating yeah. by being in front of certain groups of people showing my ability to keep a party going. And to me, that's worth it. Okay. You know, again, expectation management um, talks about show, you know, talk about show times uh, the location duration, that's a big one. Uh, some people think they can just, they can just keep telling you to play music until, you know, <laughs> until they're done partying. Yeah. But a lot of times you'll face noise ordinances. I'll usually talk to the event, uh, manager or sorry, the, the location manager and find out if there's anything in particular like that. And, um, most importantly payment, uh, making sure that you're paid in the means that which you agreed upon and the amounts that you're agreed upon. I haven't had any issues with people not paying me the right amount, but I have heard horror stories of people not getting paid what they were promised. Mm. And like again, at all, at all. Okay. Or, or to the full amount. If anything, I've given some people discounts because they were just good people. Mm. And I knew that it would lend itself to more referrals. Sure. So I, I've, I've not run into any severe issues when I used a contract. So a don't, I would not worry about your mixing skills. So, Again, mobile, 
weddings, corporate, all that good stuff. At a wedding, there may be one or two people that have the ear, or maybe they're a DJ, or maybe they're a music snob like us. Some jerk like us. Some jerk the, like in us. The sit, yeah, <laughs> sitting there drinking a scotch and water, like, ah, he's out of key. Um, there's only maybe one or two of us out there at a wedding. Okay. The other 198 give two shits less. Yeah. They just want to dance. They want to hear the hits. You know, they want to, they want to move. They want to have a good time. So whereas a, a club night or a, a DJ centric event night event or something like that. Whereas the, arguably the, the point might be to showcase some of your mixing skills. Mm -hmm. This is, that's not the point of most mobile gigs. No. So that the, there's still a lot of skill required in that type of DJing. It's just a different kind of skill that's important. The, Correct. The technical mixing is is, is not is as critical not, as what you're saying. Absolutely not. Okay. Um, do, do crowds like to hear you scratch every once in a while? Yeah, they kind of get a kick out of it, but it's not something I like pride myself on because that's what DJs do. Yeah. So they're like, oh, he's doing the he's doing the wiki wiki thing. <laughs> yeah. It's, the wiki, it's, wiki, it's a novelty yes. thing, thing. <laughs> and that's exactly yeah. what it is like oh well he he only all he was doing was baby scratches i didn't hear any flares or chirps <laughs> you know again those two jack wagons sitting at the bar yeah you know being super critical of you which would be me and dave um <laughs> yeah don't worry about those guys just don't worry about keeping that uh dance floor moving yeah because if you if you focus too much on um mixing then you might do something like only play 125 bpm songs mm-hmm. for 20 minutes mm-hmm. whereas that not, might not be the smartest thing to do no in a in that environment if you're getting requests or if you have a specific playlist that's been, that's you know, been brought to you up, yeah. then rather than forcing every mix to be something creative that yeah. sounds like ass mm-hmm. and when all is said and done it might be better to, to you know slam to it over mix, or do a quick yeah. fade or echo out or do something else yeah uh, they the last wedding is the first time I kind of released some of that uh, artistry if if you oh, yeah. if you'll humor me with that word uh and I found it to be less stressful and I found the dance floor was packed more often than it wasn't so do you how much mic work do you I really I'm don't jump in the gun. No, I don't do a whole lot. I'm, I'm not one that talks quite a bit. You know, okay. I'll, uh, one thing I find that gets people excited is like when I see again, grandma Molly on the dance floor, you know, like, <laughs> Hey, grandma Molly getting, getting down out there in the middle of the dance floor. Like, ah! Out there for it takes two. Yeah, like exactly. Down. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, all stuff like that. And, um, you making sure I, I say, Hey guys, if you, if you have any requests, you know, Hit me up on Twitter at DDJ Dingo. Um, that's I, I'm usually by myself, so I don't have someone there uh, mm. helping with me. On occasion, I'll have my kids, and they usually manage uh, things like requests and stuff like that. Oh, cool! But um, other than that, like I'm not like like a uh, like a dance hall reggae yeah. type <laughs> <laughs> doing toasts and stuff like that. It's just kind of not my thing. And I mean, I have had people ask me to talk on the mic and I'll try, I'll try my best, but I don't try and you do it at your CrossFit events, right? Oh yeah. I've seen you do that. Yeah. But that's completely different because there I'm like narrating and to me, that's a lot easier than trying to create a vibe. Yeah. You're makes sense. You're almost in a coach esque Mm -hmm. role there, right? Like you're, you're, you're approaching this not only from the DJ angle, but from the CrossFit angle. Mm -hmm. So you, 
know what to say rather than just like, hey, are you guys having a good time? You know, it's like, hey, check out uh, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. On the So-and-so, he's got five more reps left. Come on, guys. Let's, yeah, exactly. let's start cheering for him. Ah, you know, that sort That's of thing. That's cool. Versus like, a, hey, you know, who here, who here likes to tango? <laughs> Nobody? Okay, I won't play that music then. My bad. Yeah, my bad. <laughs> Uh, another do, do respond to people. Uh, when you get texts, uh, DMs, uh, emails, anything, make sure you, you respond in a timely manner and try to turn that badge on, on Facebook. Yeah. <laughs> the response badge. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and when I say appropriateness, so like emails, I usually try and do like within 12 hours, mm. uh, text within an hour. Uh, same thing with uh, DMs. You just that's kind of like the clock I have in my head because you know I have a full time job. There's other uh, things that I'm involved with, and if I were to try and address everything as soon as it popped up, I wouldn't get anything accomplished. Sure. So I kind of have to. Usually, I'll I'll check my stuff out at lunch and um, as I'm getting ready to leave work, and then usually after I leave the gym. And then maybe before I go to bed, that's one of those are times that I have earmarked to answer questions or emails or texts. Do you ever, do you try to respond on the same platform that they contacted you? Or is there ever a scenario where you're like, I really need to text them or, or give them a phone call? If anything, the, whatever means they contact me by, if I have to cross platforms, it usually turns into a phone call. Okay. Because if I have to, if it's that critical, if, if it's that critical, it. it's yeah. just easier to talk to a human being. Okay. In my opinion, um, I don't. Uh, don't worry about what you want to hear. Ah, uh, yeah. So you gotta you gotta shelve the ego. Yes. For, for a lot of these mobile games. And, huh? and this was a struggle I had early on, which I'm sure most uh, new mobile DJs kind of have to come to that impasse where. They have to acknowledge that they are playing music as a service. They don't care what you want to hear. <laughs> <laughs> but guys, this is a really dope remix. And, and I promise. I, and I've told that story where um, I had that drop mix with uh, Motown Philly and um, Ice Ice Baby. <laughs> and it, I and like I drop in, there, all right, stop, collaborate, and listen part right when they start to do the um, acapella part. Oh. And like, I remember I did that. I had practiced it and I did it. And like, I pissed everybody off that was at the wedding because they were waiting <laughs> for the acapella part. And I was like, no, no guys, I was really hard. I worked hard on that. You don't understand. You shouldn't be mad. And I was like, okay. They don't care. They You're don't just care. a DJ that sucks yeah. now. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. I'm just, just a DJ that ruined a nineties classic. <laughs> That's all I am at that point. I just remember some of the looks I got and I was like, oh, Oh, hard no. lesson, huh? Yeah, absolutely. And definitely a hard lesson. So if you're playing in a club, sometime you'll do something like that and, and the reaction will be, oh! Yeah, because those are the heads that understand, you know, they're dancing, they're listening, and they're, they know what they're getting when they pay their money to get in. Yeah. So if you drop something like that, they're more than likely to, to respond to it because they're like, oh, yeah! <laughs> Whereas, you know, again, Grandma Molly, she's my avatar at the wedding. She's like, what? That's not how it goes. <laughs> You go back and you play the rest of that right now. Grandma Molly is real particular yeah. about her uh, vanilla ice. <laughs> yeah. Grandma Molly's savage, man. <laughs> Sometimes you have to play the same song twice. Mm. That's a hard one. 
how often do you would you be willing to do not how often in what scenario would you be willing to do that versus not um does that make sense like i think a will lot you of, play the same song two or three times at a wedding or will you do that at a crossfit event or well at crossfit one of the things i pride myself is not playing the same song twice throughout that's part well, of your thing not only just at that event but two events in a row okay um it's pretty challenging um but it's something I pride myself on because at these events that I spin at regularly, they know me. It's the same crowd. It's the literally same crowd. Every time. Yeah. So if I played the same 120 songs for them, every competition, they'd start to get a little gotcha. like, like why this guy's playing the same shit every time. Yeah. This could be a mix CD. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Okay. And then the, the, the owner, the gym owner that's hiring me, I have to show him value. Yeah. You know? Cause again, if I'm playing the same 120 songs, you know, for six hours at a time, He's been like, okay, can I have your playlist? All right, I'll, I'll, I'll call you. I'll call you in six months, <laughs> and, and I'll never hear from him again. Um, but if you're at the wedding and and the the bride says, "I want to hear it takes two for the third time," then you just do it. You know, if it's the bride or the groom, a third time, okay. But and that's what I was gonna say earlier is taking into consideration who's asking me for it. You know. Again, Grandma Molly asked me to play the shuffle or the the Cupid shuffle because she didn't. She was in the she was you know doing a keg stand earlier, <laughs> and she missed it. You know, then okay, you know I kind of look at the individual and what what rank and precedence they have. You know, in terms yeah. of the family, and I'll, I'll do it. But if it's like again, like the little twelve year old girl that asked me to play Bodak Yellow at a <laughs> breast cancer fundraiser, absolutely not. So that was a don't. We will move on to another do. Uh, be professional. Makes sense. Kind of simple and kind of should go without saying, but. But be professional in, in what ways? So. Um, like obviously in the moment, right? But th- where does it start? Well, it's, I think it starts at the very beginning with, I, I like to have a face-to-face meeting as the first interaction, unless there's some extenuating circumstance. Like I said, the one couple that lived out of state and, but the first time that they came to check out the venue. I was there. Mm. Um, cause I, I Mo, uh, sees personal value in having those face to face interactions and, um, getting to kind of know who this couple is or whatever. Cause there have been times when I've met with couples and I'm like, uh, I don't know if, the, if I'm the right DJ for you mm. just because I didn't feel that I was going to be able to provide them with what they were looking for. And a lot of times like real specific requirements or, Generally, it's they want a two thousand dollar wedding for five hundred. Gotcha. Or they have these really crazy expectations, like me wanting to be there for like twelve hours for again five hundred bucks. Gotcha. Um, or they want all these lights and all the, and all this extra dress up stuff, but they're not willing to pay for it. And you know, I'll refer them to other people, but if I feel that it's going to be complicated and challenging um i work hard for my clients but i don't want to work any harder than i have than i feel i have to i was going to say so have you had to learn how to say no in this sense oh absolutely um and not like turfing it off to other people but sometimes like, well do you have anybody else and i'll refer them to my other friends but i'll give them kind of a pre-warning like hey i gave this person your number uh, this is the challenge I was having with them. I don't know if you know you feel comfortable doing that event for them, but you know 
this is why I had to pass up on it. Mm. And those have been few and far between. Most of the times I have to pass up on a gig is because I'm already booked, which is, you know, a good problem to have following up after the event. Oh, yeah. So there's probably a lot of word of mouth effect mm-hmm. when it comes to a lot of mobile gigs, right? Yeah. So I mean, how, depending have you on found how that to be critical? Like you need to follow up in order to get referrals or like... Uh, I follow up just in the sense of trying to get them to leave me a review. Oh, okay. Um, leave, so like on Facebook and Yeah, and Facebook, wherever. whatever. And, um, but also just to kind of get some closure, just to make sure everything went well, okay, and make sure that they were satisfied. With the you service actually I want their feedback, not yeah, yeah. just the rating, but you want to know what you did, and yeah. what they were happy with, and not. Yep. And those, have, those, they've uh, opened my eyes to a few things that I wasn't aware of. Okay. Which was uh, pretty cool, and you know, helped me just become a better DJ. Uh, when you're at the wedding or the event, working with the coordinator, okay, whoever that person is, you know, it's it's not us versus them; it's we for them. Um, sometimes like you deal with difficult personalities because sometimes these coordinators can be very alpha and they're used mm-hmm. to people doing whatever they tell them when they tell them. And I've had a few of them like, quote, come at me. Really? But I'm like, because they're just, I mean, that's just how their their business hat is. You know, they're okay. just very like point and you go do this. And I'm like, oh, well. They're coordinating. Yeah, they're coordinating. <laughs> and I'm like, okay, well, hi, I'm Mo. I'm the DJ. <laughs> Um, and you know, this is what I'm here to do. This is what I've discussed with the couple and you know, this is how we're going to, Oh, okay. Well, you guys already got that taken care of. Okay, great. And then they usually tend to leave you alone. It's not because they're being assholes. It's just their time is very critical because they might, they might have to turn that room in four hours. And they, they are concerned with, uh, pleasing the person who's giving them the paycheck, Mm -hmm. not necessarily you. Correct. Cause I'm just a, I'm just a contractor, right? So they're not super worried about me. And also, and when I say work with them, because those are sometimes people that get you the referrals mm. because when couples come to these events or organizations come to these venues and say, Hey, you know, we went around this venue. Do you know someone, you know, a photographer? Do you know someone who does cake? Do you know a DJ? Oh, well, as a matter of fact, I've got a DJ for you. I worked with them before, blah, blah, blah. And I had that, the, again, that last wedding, I learned a lot and the, uh, owner of the venue she was like i totally recommend you i've never had a dj do x y and z before and you know i i i would really i you know, i will really steer people towards you and that's like the best piece that, that's the best compliment you can get from someone who's you know in your circles mm. yeah i never really thought about it from the perspective of the other people working the wedding could be your referrals mm-hmm. that's that's pretty critical and another reason to to make sure you've got your professional face on yep. it's just like when we talk about club club gigs mm-hmm. even if the room is mostly empty you don't really know who's you never see know who's you. in that room yeah <laughs> could be a client or could lead you to 10 clients yep. or, or, or whatever could be a producer or event mm-hmm. coordinator or something um being patient uh more often than not at weddings something goes wrong something gets delayed um it's okay your services as a dj aren't so critical that you know you have to get this entire set list in <laughs> Just be patient. Just let it happen. It's cool, man. It's cool, man. It's cool. (laughs) And and just, you know, if, if the cake cutting gets pushed back 15 minutes, you know, I'd be more concerned for the photographer than anything else. Yeah. But other than that, just, you know, just chill, just relax, take a step back. So to follow up, um, being professional, don't be unprofessional. 
Makes sense. <laughs> so what are some ways that you might uh, be unprofessional as a mobile DJ? It's probably a million of them. A million of them, but uh, things that I've seen, n- nothing that I've actually done, or at least I hope I haven't, you know, don't get drunk. Mm. Um, I've a friend's wedding. Oh, yeah, wedding. it's a little bit different than, than a club gig. Yeah. Know, where, whereas you're like, hey, have a couple drinks, and it's yeah. just kind of what you do. Yeah. A lot and, of people. And at, I, 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 the way I look at it, I'm a paid professional at that point, and drinking on duty is just something... I don't want to do in the event that someone frowns upon that. Mm-hmm. Again, you're looking for those secondary referrals and all that stuff. Oh, yeah. the DJ was cool, but he drank a lot. Yeah. <laughs> Which at, for somebody who's like hiring you for, oh, I don't know, say like the most important night of their life. Yeah. That, that might be a red flag where they're like, he was pretty good, but he drank a lot of alcohol and that yeah. is a wild card. Yeah. And you don't want wild cards on your wedding night or an important corporate gig or something like that. And just talking to weddings specifically, a lot of times the people that have a lot of influence on whether or not a couple likes you or not is mom. Mm. You know, uh, I learned early on if mom's involved with it, you know, in addition to a coordinator, if I have to pick between the two, I'm getting in mom's pocket because a lot of times mom is the one that's paying for it or dad or whoever, whatever family member that you kind of find right. in that um, overseer role. Matronly or patronly yeah, or that, whatever. That unofficial overseer, that yeah. overlord role. <laughs> I, I get with that person and I try and involve them in as much of the process. And then I'll also talk to the couple on the side. I was like, hey, you know, is, is, your, is you okay with your mom making these decisions? They'd be like, absolutely not. And I'd be like, okay. Duly noted. Yeah, yeah, we'll talk. We'll talk later when mom's not here. Then you do you start like pandering to them anyway, just like to keep them happy. Oh, yeah, and, absolutely. Because yeah. <laughs> you know, it's it's their child that's getting married. Yeah. They want to feel like they have some involvement in it. And just playing to their ego a lot of times can help out. And it just that makes sense. It kind of makes you feel good that you made someone else feel good too. Uh, what about, can we speak to ego again a little bit mm-hmm. here? Um, because whereas when you're playing say a, a club gig or something you're you're kind of intending to share something that you want to express with mm-hmm. an audience a lot of as times as an artist right whereas this is not necessarily the case with with a mobile gig so um how much do you find that you have to turn that ego part down i mean does it does it leave the realm of what tracks you want to play like like my I, dj I, ego like for for instance if someone's like you need to turn the bass down or you need to turn the bass up when it, it clearly sounds better the way you've said it or, you know, things like that. Like how, how argumentative are you willing to get? Um, I usually, I usually don't get argumentative. I'll like nod or like, Oh, Hey, that's a good idea. And then not do anything, (laughs) but make them feel like I'm doing anything. And and so like a, a, for instance, uh, the girl that was like the, she was kind of like the pseudo coordinator, but she was constantly by my side uh, during the reception, all that stuff, which was kind of cool because she helped me identify who was who, you know, how to pronounce names, all this other stuff. And in the middle of like the, the quote party hour, uh, I'm just playing tracks and she just sort of, you know, casually leans over to me. She's like, you know, you don't have to play the whole song. Right. And I was like, what? <laughs> like it totally caught me off guard. Like, <laughs> What do you mean I don't have to play the whole song? You Thank can, you, you Miss Conductor. Yeah, he's, he's like you can you can just stop it after the main parts and, and go to another song. And I was like, oh, okay. Uh, 
thanks. <laughs> like I was really confused, but th- I think that's the only time anybody has ever really tried to tell me what to do. Okay. I mean, other than people saying, you know, I want you to play this song right now. And then I play that song right now and the dance floor gets ghosted. And mm. I, there I am looking like the asshole. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's gotta be frustrating, but I guess you just, is that something as a mobile DJ, you just take that on the chin yeah, because yeah, they're as a green of salt. They're know? handing you the paycheck. So yeah. if they want to clear the dance floor, that's on them. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And again, that's where leaving that ego part. Again, it, it was a, something I had a process I had to learn, but it, and it was challenging and it hurt a little bit, you know, but that's when I have to divide like, you know, DJ Dingo that plays at therapy, uh, or at CrossFit events versus, you know, sellout Dingo. <laughs> <laughs> Who's doing the weddings and the corporate events? You have a separate Instagram profile for each one. <laughs> no, at sellout dingo. <laughs> that'll maybe that'll be a hashtag. Um, dressing appropriately. You know, oh, if yeah. it's a wedding, don't show up in jeans and a t-shirt. Or um, like f me, I'm famous. Yeah. or like whatever. <laughs> <laughs> um, I generally I'll uh, take two sets of clothes. I'll take uh, clothes that I wear to set up. And then, yeah, and then I'll change that. my clothes, you know, for the event. And then I'll change my clothes back to tear down. I've done that because the, the few mobile events I do, they, they tend to be a little swanky. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Just because the, the ones I take are like, they want to hear like jazzy, laid back, yeah. deep house. And, and I like playing that stuff in a mobile environment. Mm-hmm. So sometimes I'll have to like suit up or, yeah. or, you know, at least wear a dress shirt and a tie or something like that. And you don't want to set up and all that get all sweaty and yeah. dusty and whatever happens during that and if you're asking yourself the question well what's appropriate where um i've doesn't always hurt to ask i've always been it won't one doesn't hurt to ask but i've always been taught that there's no such thing as being overdressed mm. you know granted i'm not going to wear you know a tuxedo with tails you know <laughs> to go up there and drop yeah. some dope beats but again i'm not going to wear you know like I'm not going to come straight from working out at the gym to go and DJing a wedding. Sometimes I've cheated. Like there was one I played. Are you familiar with the, the Dayton Racket Club? Oh, yeah. Up yeah. at the top of the Kettering Tower? Yeah. So I, I played up there once and it was for a, it was it was like a most eligible bachelor thing or a matchmaker thing or something like that. I can't remember, but it was kind like, of fancy. Like before um, Tinder? <laughs> well, yeah. No, it wasn't. <laughs> no, it wasn't exactly that, but I, I can't remember. It was some kind of like fundraiser. Okay. Um, oh, okay. They just did that recently where they basically auction off dates, that sort of I thing. I think that's what okay. it was, but it was like for charity or something. Yeah. A so, buddy of mine just did that. Jake Preston calling you out, bro. Oh, cool, cool. <laughs> so it was a really cool gig because you're at the, for those who aren't local, the Kettering Tower is the tallest building in Dayton and they yeah. had, they do this at the top floor. So I, I had set up my mobile rig like against the window. So mm. you get to look out and see the whole city. It's pretty cool. Um, but that was an example of where I did this, where I knew it was going to be kind of fancy, but I didn't know how exactly. Like, I didn't know if it was full suits or if mm-hmm. it was just like, you know, wear khakis and like business casual or mm-hmm. what it was. So I I did that thing where I wore like jeans and a T-shirt. A vest. and a Well, no. Yeah, I've done that too. But <laughs> <laughs> jeans and a T-shirt and like a, a, a blazer okay. jacket over yeah. it. The, the Dr. House <laughs> okay. type. Right? So you can kind of... If I feel too formal, I can take the jacket yeah. off or vice versa. Um, and I've been able to kind of get away with doing that. Um, where as the DJ, I think we, it's as like DJ, I'm dressed we, up, but I'm slightly dressed down, but it's okay because I'm the DJ yeah, we can and get away vice with versa. That. Yeah, we can get away with that. <laughs> yeah. 
but I always try and go like on the upside of that. Yeah, err on the side of caution yeah. there. All right, I think we've got time for another pair of do's and don'ts, and then maybe if you're willing to stick around, we could do some uh, some bonus ones for the Patreon listeners. I think we can do that. Sweet. So uh, just as a reminder, before we do that, of course, what we're talking about is you can go to patreon.com slash passionate DJ if you would like to support the Passionate DJ podcast. And for those who do so, we offer rewards such as our bonus show called After Party. And that's where we uh, give a bonus show every month, once a month to our supporters who want to get some of that behind the scenes content, some of the extra recordings and uh, just some of the special segments that we record along the way that don't come into the main show. So definitely go and check that out. Once again, that's patreon.com forward slash passionate DJ. Mr. Dingo, what do you have for our final pair of do's and don'ts? Do, do your research. Um, check out the venue and making sure that it, you know, if the, I had a venue where the event was on in the basement, but there was no loading dock and they had a really tiny elevator. So I had to make about seven or eight trips with all my kit to get, you know, from the front of the building, which didn't have a parking lane or anything. So I'm double, so I'm there illegally parked, <laughs> um, trying as fast as I can, as feverishly as I can. I'm by myself. My kids aren't, aren't able to help with this one. Um, kind of a pain in the ass. Um, but, I knew what I was getting into beforehand because if I would have shown up and that was the case, I probably would have been a little bit irritated and you know, that whole stress level goes up. I um, can totally relate to that. That, that gig that I was just talking about at the Kettering tower, mm-hmm. you know, you, you got to go a bazillion floors up, <laughs> which requires you to ride an elevator or two or take this, these set of steps or park in this area to get access to the freight elevator and blah, blah, blah. And it's like, if I hadn't gone early enough to figure all that out, I yep. would be in severe panic mode. Yeah. And lastly, don't show up late. Mm. It, Speaking you know, of which. <laughs> yeah. There's, there's no such thing as too early, really, um, especially when it comes to weddings. It's just, you know, the, the, the more time you have to prepare for the unexpected, the better off you'll be. You know, when I uh, contract with clients, I'm pretty much there the whole day. And I try and show up when they show up to get all their hair and makeup done so I can just take my time setting up, give myself a really good sound check, you know, and not only that, they see me there and they're like, Oh good. The DJ's here. Yeah. You know, and it kind of gives them one less thing to worry about. And by definition, a lot of the times when you're a mobile DJ, you're setting up from the ground up, you're Mm -hmm. setting up an entire setup, Mm -hmm. uh, including sound often. So it's it's important for you to get in there and figure out where you're gonna do that. Yeah. Because you'd be amazed yeah. at how many things people outside of the DJ do not think of when it comes to that. They just oh I hired the DJ they'll take care of it. Yeah. Then you'd better. <laughs> yeah. There's only been one gig I've had to date in the two years I've been doing this where I didn't have to set up my own sound. Mm. Everything else I brought all my own kit. So. Which means you need to make sure you have the right cables mm-hmm. and adapters and, and all that stuff. Yep. So if you want to get some more tips, uh, make sure you dial in and subscribe and become part of our Patreon family, and I'll give you a couple more tips. If you have any other tips that you uh, feel that you are, you either agree or disagree on or something, some, some knowledge nuggets that you've been dropped upon, uh, put those in the show notes below. Or better yet, leave a voicemail. We, we yeah. love getting voicemails. You can do that at passionatedj.com. Just uh, click the little button that says leave a voicemail here, and you can leave, uh, I think it's 90 seconds, yep. 
and uh, you know, tell us whether you have a tip for mobile DJing or uh, a uh, warning, something that you've learned <laughs> as a as a mobile DJ, or you just want to leave any feedback in general. Uh, we haven't been pushing the voicemail as much lately, but we love getting voicemail, and we should be. So uh, let us know what you got. And uh, also, don't forget about joining the the uh, Facebook group that we have called the Passionate DJ Community. You can get there easily by going to passionatedj.com slash community. Yeah, Mr. Man. Dingo, thank you so much. Thank you. Let's uh, record some for the patrons. Yeah, man. And for the rest of you, until next time, this has been the Passionate DJ Podcast. Later. talk really enjoying the podcast and hey trip this one's for you